0: Call us to be one, one in spirit, one in truth, one in you. So God, as we continue to talk about the values of our church, help us to see that you call us together and you call us individually, that you call us to be your disciples, to share your love in the way that we created to do. So God, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. So last week we started this series called Royce City Values, and and it came about the work that was done by a, a discernment team that took a look at what it is we value as a congregation. And and that was very, very important work, and I'm so thankful for the work that was done there. Uh, if, If you are wanting to see the work of that committee, if you go to our website, FUMC Royce City.life, and moving forward, there's a card that says moving forward. The, the, the list of the, um, the values and the scriptures behind each of them are listed there, so you could take a look and see exactly what they came up with. But if you remember from last week, I told you uh, we, we came up with, with four values. And, and I think those four values really do identify who we are as a church. And those values are, as we talked last week, Christ's center or Christ's foundation. Is having, making sure that our entire relationship, with G, our relationship is built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. That, that importance of having that as a, a strong cornerstone for us. Then the other three values that, that we came up with were what we're talking about today, unity and love and acceptance. And I've been thinking about this uh, since uh, we came up with those uh, values. And and first, as I said before, yeah, definitely, whenever I think of our congregation, that really encapsulates who we are. But but I've also seen a problem, too. That the problem is sometimes those words can be buzzwords. And, And what I mean by that is that they all have a a simple definition. Like we know love, oh you know, that, that feeling and everything. We know unity, you know, being together. You know, we know what acceptance, what what it means to be acceptance. But but I wanted to really hopefully just dive down and dive in a little bit more to really understand when we say that we are building our church with Christ as the foundation with unity and love and acceptance, what exactly does that really mean? And how do we, as a church, live that out? Like, for example, the value that we're talking about today is, is unity. Now, I can think of plenty of different times where, where we've had unity, but if we're f- honest with each other, you know, sometimes it's a whole lot easier to, to, to promote being not unified than unified. You know, we have to always have something that we're against or, or, or someone that we're against and then that, that can build up our own positions, right? I can think that one time, and we're going to be remembering this next Sunday because it's the 21st first anniversary of this event of what happened in New York City and Washington, D.C. on 9 You know, and if you were around at that time, looking at some of our our younger ones that are here, if you were around at that time, you saw how unified we became as a country after that attack happened. We we knew that we were together, and then slowly but surely, as time went on, 21 years later, we can see we're probably not as unified as we were. We know we're not as unified now as we were way back then. Another way that we provide or, or look at unity is around sports. You know, I, I am thrilled and o- honored that we have a part of our congregation, the voice of the Bulldogs, who are now 2-0. and Go Bulldogs. Yeah. And, and, and you can hear you know, the laughter around that and everything. Everybody knows, you know, man, it's Friday night. It's bulldog time, so, you know, we're out there at the stadium, even though it's really crowded for right now, Uh, but, you know, that'll be alleviated here once the bond stuff happens and everything, but then it kind of gets a little segmented a little bit more when we move on to the college ranks. There's still unity there because I think the unity isn't necessarily the different teams. Whether you're an Aggie or a Longhorn or or a Wildcat or a Red Raider or however you want to say that, you know, you, you have you have this different form of unity because you love to razz each other. You love just to to rub it in when your team does really good. And he said, "Don't you dare talk to me if your team just gets smoked on a Saturday." See, there, there's unity in that. There's unity in that because there's a common purpose. That, that, that common purpose is to, to, to hop on with your own tribe and, and just have fun. That, 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 that's how that's supposed to be. It's supposed to be fun to be on opposite teams when you're in stuff like that. But sometimes we want to be on opposite teams for things that really are important. Or maybe not want to be on opposite teams, but, but th- th- those, those fissures and everything happen whenever you you start thinking about and talking about what really matters. I don't may get in trouble by saying this. What happens on a Saturday during a football game doesn't really matter, but life does, and how we do life together that. Is what is important and that is what matters. So as we talk about unity, I wanted to go first and foremost to where we can get the full definition about what unity is all about. And that's through Jesus Christ. And and he gives this what 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 some people like to say are the, the disciples' commencement address, if you will, in John chapter 17. And I say that because this is the last. Uh, talk that Jesus gives to his disciples in the Gospel of John before he goes off into uh, Jerusalem and, uh, be, and, and gets crucified and, and dies and raises again. So he, he's giving his disciples one final teaching. And in this teaching, he uses one particular phrase three different times. And it's important to see that phrase, that he uses it in in chapter 17, verse 11, and then he uses it again in verse 21 and verse 22. And, And as he's talking to the disciples, remember, he's talking to us as well, and he says, and he's praying to God, saying that I want them to be one. And then he continues by saying, just as you, the Father, and I are one. That's unity. That's unity because you have this relationship of the triune God together, that that, that they grow together, they they love together, they they created the world together. They do all of these things together, and God and Jesus is saying, I want my disciples to have the unity that the triune God has. And I want that unity to be the focus and the impetus of their life. And those are great words. To, to take a look at all of the stuff that we have around us that, that can divide us, that can, that can make, us, make us fight with one another or, or, to, or to put some people down or to build certain people up, to have that idea that we need to make sure that we are of one mind just as God is of one mind. Thankfully, we have uh, the other letters in the uh, New Testament that helps give us a little bit of meat to the bones that, that Jesus has given us. And, and Paul, he continues into that theme of unity to the letter that he writes to the Philippians, and he gives them a little flesh, if you will, of, of how that looks. What does it look like to be unified or to have unity? And our scripture for this morning comes from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. I invite you, again, to take a look if you have your Bibles open or if you have your app open. to look at that since I don't have it on the screen this morning. Paul is writing to the Philippians and he says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love... but each of you to the interest interest of others. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So I'm sure Jesus expounded and told his disciples exactly what unity is and what he meant by you you being one as as me and the Father are one. But I think Paul really gives us a good glimpse of, of how we here today try to live into that unity that, that Jesus was calling us to live into. First of all, he says that we must have the same love. We must have the same love. Now, we're, we're going to get more into that next week when we talk about the value that we have of love. And as I said before, we're not talking about that lovey-dovey feeling, oh, love, love all that type of stuff. No, this is a deep, deep emotion. This is, this is a deep feeling. This is that agape love. And the agape love is expressed mainly through the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I love the way that the early church father, St. Augustine, who gives us a picture of how the Trinity expresses love, he, he says it this way. He says, the Father is the one who loves. The Son is the one who is loved. The beloved Son revealed in the baptism of Jesus And the Holy Spirit is the love that flows between them and binds them together, shared with each other. That's beautiful. God the Father is love. God the Son, he is the one who is loved and and was revealed as the beloved Son by the baptism. And the Holy Spirit has that love flowing back and forth between them. That They're all working together, and they're all a part of one essence, if you will, and that essence is love. We hear later in 1 John 4, 7, and 8, we remind that God is love. But I think there's another way to take a look at it. This love just isn't God the Father here and God the Son here and God the Holy Spirit here. This love is a relational love. It helps us to see that that this love works together that this love doesn't try to to over overlord one person or the other, but it is all in connection and it helps us to see how we can use that same love that was in Christ Jesus with others. It helps us to see how that love which could happen to be inside of us a relational type of love, that that same love is the same love that we see through God. And it's a beautiful love. It's a giving love. It's a a sacrificial love. All of those things are what, what, what Paul is telling us as the church that we need to move towards to have that love. Within us, Paul continues and he gives us a couple of ways that we can make sure that we practice having this love. First, he says, Do nothing to or do nothing out of selfish ambition. I tell you, every single time I read this verse, I, I, I feel like I, I like stepped on a cactus or something. I just have this big, giant, ouch moment. Because I, I have to admit to you, that is, there's something that I have to repent of time after time after time, is that I am so busy trying to build what, what some people call a, a platform to, to make myself look good. It, it's something that I've done for a long time. You know, Whenever I, I was in uh, teaching, I want to be the best music teacher so everybody could see what I do and, and learn from me because I wanted to be the person. And then when I started a new church, you know, we went to new church boot camp. It was like, how can I make sure that I am above and beyond everybody else that's doing a new church start? And God fixed that one quickly by not making the church start happen. But you know, but I tell you, I, I I've been struggling here recently. I I really have, and, and it is partly something I've done as, as part of a, a spiritual practice. I think I've shared with you how I have a morning prayer routine. And, and part of that morning prayer routine is that I, I share and read some some ancient prayers. And, and it helped connect me with my growings up, if you will, being a part of a more liturgical church. And and I would love to read these prayers now. And uh, being on social media, on that the TikTok, and being on Instagram Reels and everything, I was flipping through and realized that, that no one's really sharing any prayers on TikTok or sharing any prayers on Instagram Reels. I said, you know what, I could do that. That'd be easy for me to do. And it, it, can, it can be a way for people to, to pray quickly in the morning or whenever they're f- scrolling through their, their apps and everything. And, and it gives them hopefully a, a kind of an uplifting moment where they can just bow their head and spend, you know, 30 seconds to a minute and a half in prayer. So, so I started to do this. And in the morning after I get done with my prayers, I'll, I'll set up my little tripod and I'll film my, my, uh, my prayer and I'll stick it out there on the platform. And on, on TikTok, it would only show that I had like maybe 100 to 150 views. So I go, okay, that's no big deal. I mean, I'm not going to go viral doing this or anything, so I really don't want to do that. But on Instagram... The first few times that I started to do this, I had like over a thousand views. And the first time I saw it, I was like, this is so cool. So I kept doing it, kept doing it, and you know, hitting that thousand, almost 2,000 views and everything. And then it happened. And and, and as I was trying to make sure everything was right, the lighting was okay, the words were fine. And I looked, and the next day, I had 45 views. It just hurt. How dare people not watch my prayers on Instagram? And I was like, okay, Chris, this is God telling you, that's not why you're doing it. You don't do it to build a platform. You're not doing it to try to make yourself great, but you're doing it so that you can be a servant of the gospel. Because it's one thing that I know, that if we leave our our ambition unchecked, that selfish ambition turns servants of God into servants of themselves. If we are so worried of making sure that, that we get out there so people can see us, then we start turning the light off of God and we're turning the light onto ourselves. I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to post the prayers and everything, but I, I don't care about how it's received, because I know for those who have received it, it is a blessing and it connects them with God. You know, it might look different than you may realize what it looks like, being attracted to your own selfish ambitions. It might cause you to look at those things that you hold near and dear to you, And to say, I just have to let that go. Because it's pulling me farther away from the God who loves me and the God who cares for me. And the best way that we can do this is by listening to the last thing that Paul says. Is that we must value others above yourself. My friends, that is the biggest answer that we have to us. Sometimes I think we think too highly of ourselves and we forget to think about highly about other people. I'll admit that's one of the reasons why that I love being a part of Rotary. I've been a part of Rotary, I think, now for uh, over 10 years. And I, I love uh, the first uh, Thursdays of the month as we, we gather here in Wesley Hall right now and, and we have a great meeting. And the thing that really gra- really grabs me about Rotary is is their their statement that they have, or their their motto, is service above self. Knowing that the work and stuff that they do with Rotary is a lot more important than than me, because the work that they do makes an impact. Now, now Rotary is not a Christian organization, nor do they they claim to be. But, you know, I think it really works hand in hand with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It works hands in hand because we know that we are called to serve others. We know that sometimes it's easy for us to try to make sure that we place ourselves above others, but but we need to make sure that we are looking at others in a way that is loving and caring. Rich Mullins, who is a Christian artist, he was talking about serving, and he said these words. He said, I would like to encourage you to stop thinking of what you are doing as ministry. Start realizing that your ministry is how much of a tip you leave when you eat in a restaurant, when you leave a hotel room, when you leave it all messed up or not, whether you flush your own toilet or not. Your ministry is the way that you love people. And you love people when you write something that is encouraging to them, something that might be challenging. You love people when you call your wife and say, I'm going to be late for dinner instead of letting her burn the meal. You love people when maybe you cook a meal for your wife sometimes because you know she's really tired. Loving people, being respectful towards them. Is much more important than writing or doing music. See, see, thinking about that ministry, trying to make sure that we set up ourselves where we value others above ourselves is so key and so important in this world. As I was listening to and reading Rich's response, I remember a time when uh, we were up in Sherman, Texas, at at, at a church up there, and. We took our kids out to a pizza buffet place, and we sat down, and, and we could tell that there was another church group that was there. You know, they had their all-nice Sunday dress on and everything. The kids were running around the table yelling and screaming and just being honestly disrespectful. And then the whole group got up and left the restaurant, and when we looked at the table, the table was a mess, it was one of those buffet places so they had plates piled up high all over the table there were food spilled on the floor there were just all of this stuff and and we could tell that not only did they leave this gigantic mess they didn't leave a tip at all and we saw the poor waitress who there was only maybe two or three in the restaurant at the time and it was really really busy she had to clear all of this stuff and you could see her crying because of all of the extra work that she had, and if she was missing out on different tables that, that could help support her and her family. So, so Tracy and I, and I'm not saying this to brag or anything, we, we decided to tip a whole lot more than we normally would tip in a situation like this because we knew that that was such a horrible representation of the gospel of Jesus Christ to, to proclaim that Christ has come to set the captives free, and you leave a captive there cleaning up your own mess. Thinking about how can I make sure that I get myself out of here on time so I can go do what I need to do the rest of the Saturday, Sunday afternoon and leave this poor person behind to do the work that I should have been doing. My friends, when we see that, when we see that type of valuing, we can then understand what Paul means by valuing others above yourself and living in that relationship where we are one. That's why this Sunday we normally have communion, but I think it helps us to fully see an image of unity here an image of people being invited to a table, inviting the faithful more closely with Jesus and with one another, a- and being invited to partake of the one, blood, one body and one blood, being able to partake in this meal that has been shared by, by many all through the centuries, since Jesus instituted it with his disciples on the night in which he was betrayed. When we come to this table, let us remember that not one of us is greater than another. Not one of us has a, a higher step or a higher status than another. But we are one. We are connected by the grace of Jesus Christ that we share that love and grace with one another. My hope and my prayer is that as you are refreshed by this holy meal, you remember that through this meal, Christ gave himself up for us so that we in turn may give ourselves up for others. Let us pray. Oh God, time and time again, in the Gospel of John, you pray that we should be one. And God, we repent for those times in our lives that we aren't one. We Repent of those times in our lives where we, we try to place ourselves ahead of others. Where we fail to take the opportunity to, to lift others in the midst of their sadness and their sorrows and to promote unity through who you are in our lives. God, as we share in this meal, strengthen us to serve one another as you have served us. And we pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.